Today, we're talking again about the UN Food Systems Summit. We know that food system transformation is crucial if we're going to meet the ambitious 2030 agenda. But food system transformation cannot happen just on its own. Among the most important drivers for food system transformation are policies and finance. So I'm really delighted today to speak with uh, Eugenio Diaz Bonilla, who is the coordinator of IFPRI's Latin America program and a very distinguished development economist. Eugenio, it's great to have you with us. I know you're working diligently uh, with others at IFPRI on the so-called finance lever for the UN Food System Summit. So let's start by talking about the finance that's required for food systems transformation. There are really, the estimates go all over the place, anywhere from 50 billion to uh, one, $1 trillion plus. Why is there such a wide range of estimates? Well, it's what you mentioned at the beginning. The, the transformation of food systems uh, affects so many SDGs that it depends on what exactly are you focusing on, what are the objectives that you're trying to achieve, and also whether it's global or it's just for developing countries. Going back to the objectives, of course, the more obvious would be SDG 2 that talks about hunger, nutrition, malnutrition, uh, and sustainable agriculture. But then, uh, because of diets, it affects health, and that's SDG 3. Because of the impact on forests, ecosystems, etc., affects SDG 15, uh, climate change SDG 13, and so on and so forth. So, first one, hunger affects 800, 900 million people. But then, if you look at the uh, nutrition in general, then you have deficiencies in vitamins and minerals and macronutrients and so on and so forth. And then you have obesity and overweight. That, that's probably above 2 billion people at the world level. So again, the costs are related to the objectives that you are focusing on and, and whether you are looking at just at the global level or only developing countries. So clearly, if governments are going to be ambitious uh, in terms of how many SDGs they want to tackle, we're talking about a lot of money. So when we think about the different sources of finance, there are two that seem the most obvious to me. One of them is the consumers, who are the final purchasers of the food, and the other one are the various private sector players along the value chain who both invest in but also take profits from food systems. So what are some of the policies to try to influence those two substantial funding flows? Yes, that you mentioned exactly what we, in a paper that we wrote with uh, Joe Swinen and Rob Boss for the Global Food Policy Report that is coming out um, in, the, in, this, in this new uh, edition, we distinguish between internal flow of funds and external flow of funds, the internal, internal to the food system, and certainly the consumer expenditures, which, as you said, are the other part of the cash flows for all the operators in food chains, no? from the small farmer in Honduras or Kenya or Philippines to Walmart and McDonald's and everything in between, that comes from the expenditures from consumers. And, and on the other hand, they also they have the cash flow within the, the value chains and then public policies can influence uh, that, that, that those flows uh, as well. The main point is, what are the objectives that you want to at attain with these interventions? Um, what are the problems that you want to solve? No? This is the problem, this is the quantity of the problem, and then my, my objective is what, what would look a problem solved? What would be the metrics for that? And then you can uh, decide, well, it's something that the private sector will do, can do, or it's something that needs uh, government interventions. 
Excellent. Governments, of course, also have uh, tremendous public expenditures directed towards their own agri-food uh, sectors. And some people seem to be thinking that we can take some of these payments or subsidies and repurpose them. Do you think this is an interesting idea? So looking at the specifically public sector expenditures, this, this idea uh, comes from the estimate from the OECD that looks at the, the largest producers at the global level, OECD members or not OECD members, and the estimates that there are around $600 billion in agricultural subsidies. Um, and then, of course, the cost to for the transformation of food systems is less than, in many uh, estimates, less than $600 uh, billion, and therefore it seems uh, common sense, you know, let's look at these $600 billion of subsidies that may be repurposed. But the problem is several problems. One is yeah, once you begin to look at the numbers, this $600 billion, uh, uh, about $220 billion are mostly transferred from consumers to producers. That is not government expenditures. It's something that happens through uh, trade policy. Uh, so protection makes the consumer pay more and it's a transfer to the producer, but that comes from the consumer. So that's not part of the repurposable uh, expenditures. Second, you have about 70 billion plus in consumer support, uh, which maybe need to be better focused or uh, have a nutritional component, but it's not an agricultural subsidy. Then you have um, a, an, another uh, important block that are uh, agricultural R&D, Phytosanitary and phytosanitary support, other type of general services for the agricultural sector that, again, may be better delivered, may be more efficient, but they are not subsidies in the original sense. Therefore, you basically, once you count everything, you have about 50 something billion dollars. For the developing countries, because you also need to consider uh, the, the OECD developed countries, of which about 80 billion are only the European Union. And then within the developing countries, about 60 billion are China alone. So the, how much is left for developing countries that are not China? And that's about $50 billion. It's, it's not peanuts, no, it's money, but it's not the $60 billion. Therefore, what we are suggesting is, yes, we need to look at this, but then why don't we look at the whole expenditure, uh, uh, what it's called public expenditure reviews with a SDG2 focus or a food system focus. So you look at the whole expenditures of the government and see how they can be made more efficient, more, um, more effective and, and more equitable. So it's not only the subsidies, the 600 billion, we need to look at the whole uh, expenditures uh, that are related in a way to food system or more narrowly on SDG2. Thank you, Eugenio. I think that's important for all of us to keep in mind. Maybe there we can't simply just take that $600 billion and, and use it as, uh, as, as is required for food systems transformation. It's perhaps not such a big amount at the end that can be repurposed. So there's a need to take a broader look at all of the public expenditures. Eugenio, let's talk uh, for a little bit about the capital market flows, which are, of course, huge. And a growing proportion of those actually now fit into this category of impact investment. 
how much can impact investment grow? And more importantly, perhaps, how much of that money could go towards the agri-food sector or to towards food systems transformation? As you say, that's a, a lot of money, what they call uh, the ESG investments. So it's environmental, social, and governance uh, investments or impact investment or green bonds or social bonds. Um, it's a substantial amount of money. Uh, just green bonds is about $200 billion uh, 2019, and, and um, social bonds was 120 something billion dollars, the, the issuing, the, the, the issuance of, of bonds. So that's an that's, uh, important amount of money. Uh, but as you suggested, not necessarily that goes to the agricultural sector or the transformation of food systems. So uh, those projects are more difficult uh, at to, um, you have to generate those projects. They have to generate those investable opportunities. You have to look at what are the financial vehicles that can um, uh, bring that, that private sector money into this uh, agricultural investment. So we were looking at, at IFPRI, at CGIR, uh, the idea of generating a project preparation, um, acceleration, and incubation facility to help uh, scale up all the CGR technologies. It's a wide array of technologies that CGR has been developing. And on top of that, CGR is working in a hundred, a hundred countries in, in developing countries. So it has a, a local insertion. So uh, I think uh, the CGR with this facility would be able to prepare projects that are investable or generate uh, financial vehicles that, that can be invested in for this sort of uh, private sector money. And additionally, we're, trying, we're thinking of how you can uh, embed that facility within a more general arrangement in which you can bring all the institutional, operational, and also financial aspects, particularly for countries that want to, uh, to end really hunger by 2030. So we are presenting these ideas as part of the work in the uh, science group of the UN uh, Food System Summit that it's being chaired by um, Joaquin von Brown. Thank you, Eugenio. This this has been a really good discussion. I think we've just barely scratched the surface, and um, there are so many so many other topics uh, when we think about financing food systems transformation. I think you've really reminded us to be very clear about our objectives, and to think about the right tool for the for the job that we need to get done. And I really am looking forward to seeing the paper that IFRI is preparing uh, for the UN Food System Summit and also to the direction that IFPRI, along with the World Bank, will give when it comes to the finance lever for the uh, uh, summit. And of course, the finance lever is one of these overarching levers that will, that will cut across all of the action tracks. So many thanks, Eugenio. Muchas gracias. And uh, uh, thank you so much.